Hello And welcome to the Kosh I'm your host Timber Smith And the Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities region Good morning Kosh listeners, how are you doing? It's another fabulous day Um just just now, when I started the episode, Bosco the podcast dogs decided that he was just going to jump in our guest lap, make himself comfortable. Yeah, fast, fast, right? Out of all the times that he decided that he was going to get all comfy yeah. and things, he decided let's just do this right now. That's how it goes? The facts. <laughs> it is a beautiful but brisk day out there, and you know, every morning for the most part, I've got to do the ritual of. Uh, dog owners all over the world And that is called the poop walk So grab Bosco Looks beautiful out Which is, I should know better I live in Wisconsin right you, you know what that means Like it it can look gorgeous But it can also be like Below zero So it's not below zero But it's, it's chilly It's brisk Came out quick too The past couple of days Not right Like we got some nice And then all of a sudden It was like woo Let mm-hmm. me just Just gone and sh- Just shake you up out well, as you can tell, and I think you already know what I'm going to say, uh, why do I always get these amazing, amazing guests? No doubt. And this week is no different. And since my guest is very much in the game straight off the bat, and I'm super Super excited about this episode for a number of reasons, but I'm not going to tell ahead of time. I'm going to let you listen to this episode, and we're going to learn together, I think, on this one um, for all sorts of reasons. Things that are near and dear to all of our hearts here as Wisconsinites, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So, you know, without further ado, oh, and you know what? I'm totally going to slaughter this last name. I'm just going to say it ahead of, <laughs> ahead of time because I forgot the, yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, you'll, you'll forgive me later. This week's guest is Ian Wenger. Perfect. Oh. You nailed it. Nailed it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Every every once in a while. Every once in a while. You know, out of all all of the uh, things that God has blessed me with, he did not bless me with great enunciation of last (laughs) names. For some reason, I just slaughter last names. But um, uh, luckily, I have amazing, amazing guests who usually forgive me for that. Yeah, I get it. Hey, Ian, how's it going today? I'm doing well. Yeah? Very well, yeah. All right, fantastic. Um, I hope you're excited about this. I am. I'm very excited to be here. Okay. I'm honored to be here. So. Hey, that's what's <laughs> up. It's the Kosh. All right. Um, Ian, can you please share a little something about yourself and your connection with the Kosh and the surrounding Fox Cities region? Yeah, so I grew up in Menasha, just about 20 minutes north of here. Um, and then in 2009, when I graduated high school, came down here to Oshkosh to start my bachelor's degree at UW Oshkosh. Bruh. Um, spent... Uh, First year in North Scott, um, Ooh, right. <laughs> <laughs> learning the ropes in the North Scott, and uh, yeah, and, and basically just never left. Um, I have a, my uh, bachelor's in uh, ecology and organismal biology, which at the time was more or less just what I thought sounded like the most fun biology degree out of the list of biology degrees. I got to go scoop bugs and things out of um, streams and identify them by their, you know small hairs and legs and all sorts of stuff. So I found that kind of stuff really interesting. 
Um, and then didn't really have a huge plan for what I was going to do post graduation. And, uh, thankfully I didn't really have to look too hard. Um, so during school, I actually was working at Dublin's Irish pub in the kitchen there. I've always loved cooking and always found myself very comfortable in, in a kitchen setting like that. So it just made sense for me to work my way through college, um, doing that. It's tough work, but you know, it's something I enjoy. And while I was working there, a, uh, another gentleman who was also working in the kitchen, um, Zach Clark, um, him and I were working together there. Uh, at the time, craft beer was kind of just starting to uh, to kind of come into its own here in this this part of the country. And um, Dublin specifically was uh, putting a bunch of really cool stuff on tap. I think they had 28 uh, taps at the time, which was like the most in the city. And that was kind of the time where everybody was racing to get as many beers on tap and crazy stuff as they could. So, uh, and that was right around when I turned 21. So I kind of got to see this stuff come up around um, as I became of legal drinking age. Uh, of course, I wasn't doing any drinking before that. So never, um, never. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> but uh, so it was, you know, the curiosity. And I, so when I was a kid, I always loved Pokemon cards and not for the reasons that I think other kids like Pokemon cards. I just liked to read the stats. I like to learn all their different abilities. And in craft beer was in, uh, it was very similar <laughs> In a lot of ways, there's a bunch of styles. They all have different stats, and um, so it was kind of an idea of you know tasting them all, you know, got to catch them all, so to say. Um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if anyone else will ever relate craft beer to Pokemon yeah, cards, but I do think that's sweet. Yeah, that's kind of, that's how I've always thought of it. You know, there's just there's a lot of variety to it, and there's a lot to get to get into and explore and sort of discover. Um, and at that time too, we were doing uh, craft beer like pairings and dinners there at the at Dublin's at the restaurant and so we were getting to experience um a ton of variety and also like the culinary side and cooking with it and kind of developing palate and um you know figuring out what works and what doesn't and then getting feedback from you know the people who were coming to these dinners and because of that experience also we got to meet a lot of brewers because at the time this is when a lot of the brewers were still going to these dinners and kind of you know giving the spiel about their brewery and the beers that are getting paired and uh that was really cool so um, kind of in the middle of all that, Zach comes to me one day, he goes, Hey, you want to, you want to start making some beer? Cause I had made some wine, uh, in a bucket at one point in my college career, just to see what would happen. I, I had taken my ecology class and we had made, you know, it was yeast has been that sort of fungus sort of a category. And it we, just happened in the Scots. It, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it wait, wait, in, don't tell me. You know, I'm just going to make I some. Will say, no, it did not happen in the Scots, but <laughs> that wine may have made it to the Scots, but uh, you know, whether or not it was in it. Is that Bruh, a story? That's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, Zach's like, you know, I know you made wine. You want to try making some beer? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, really dove in head first. We drove down to Milwaukee the next weekend and, you know, took the lakefront brewery tour, went to the homebrew store, went to some craft beer bar, kind of just really got a feel for what that looked like. And, uh, homebrew is one of these things where if you want, like a lot of people go, oh, I want to try making my own beer, you know? And that's great. I, I recommend everybody at least go take a brewery tour, go see how it's made. Cause it's one of those things where if you enjoy beer, I think it's good. I mean, for if you enjoy anything, I think it's good to know where your these things come from and how they're made and um, just to get a better connection with it, you know. And so we went and did that and ended up buying too much equipment because, again, homebrewing is one of these things where if, if you dabble, that's fine. You can try making it once. It's probably not going to be very good but because you kind of got to – you need the equipment, you know, and some know-how. So you really got to it's, – it's an investment sort of at the end of the day. You meet different levels of homebrewers too. There's some that are real um, – 
deep into it that have spent, you know, five grand or something on some homebrew basement setup. And, you know, they got all the, the bells and whistles and their beer's great, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on anybody's beer here, but you know, the next level down where it's like, yeah, we're still doing it in the glass jugs and just eyeing things up. You know, it's like, it's still beer, just not as good as the, <laughs> the big, you know, equipment. So <laughs> there's levels to it. Yeah. And so we started, you know, just kind of getting into it and obsessively getting into it and really just brewing a lot of beer and, by the second batch, we're like, hey, let's just open a brewery. Like, let's, you know, let's do it. There's nothing like that in Oshkosh right now. I mean, there is, you know, Fox River's been around for 20 years, and um, Bare Bones had not opened up yet, but it was kind of in the works. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. This is great. We have the, you know, we have all these connections from um, the beer dinners at Dublin's and um, all that kind of stuff. And so we really just uh, started reaching out, um, making beer. We actually did a uh, joined the homebrew club here in town. The SOBs—they're a great organization, really cool people. Um, we just kind of dove headfirst into it as much as we can. So there is a homebrewing club in town. Yep, the it's actually this. I don't. I'm going to be completely corrected on this at some point, but I believe at one point, or it is the second oldest in America, or something like that. It was started in 1991. Oh, um, it's one of the oldest. I mean, it's been around for for quite a long time. But yeah, they've, it's a, just a group of people. They go together. It used to be at Omaro's. Um, we actually host the monthly meetings at, at the brewery now. I've um, been doing that for a couple of years. But yeah, basically just a bunch of people who homebrew. They, you know, they bring their samples to the, the meetings. They kind of share tips and stories. Um, you know, there's like a Christmas party every year where everybody brings food to pass and that kind of thing. It's just a good good time. It's a club. <laughs> Um, yeah. So there's a beer club. There's a beer. Yeah, there's a beer club. <laughs> there's yeah. a beer club of people who make. It's beer. a club of. It's it's a gathering of nerds who really love <laughs> the the science and the artistry and all that sort of stuff behind the beer. And it, uh, some of the, those guys are making wine and mead and cider and all sorts of stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of another place we sort of cut our chops making beer, just getting feedback. And we were brewing quite a bit. Um, in it was 842 Prospect actually is the house. It's right on campus. Um, that basement had a bar in it for some reason when, when uh, it was, it was actually Zach's college house. So when he moved in, the bar was already down there, but we turned that whole basement into a, a brew lab, basically all sorts of equipment. And did the, wait, did the landlord know? He did. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was he, he did. was he in on the cut? He was in on the he was on down the beer. He was like, as long as you don't burn my house down, you know, <laughs> we should be good. So, which we never did. We did. We uh, we tied into his natural gas line though, off the that the dryer runs. He never knew about that. I'm sure he wouldn't have been happy, but this is what it is. <laughs> we survived. We actually named a beer. Uh, one of our first beers we made was named 842 Pale Ale, and Ale had like a little picture of the house on it and everything. It's pretty. It's fun. Some fun history there. You know what? Why is this so freaking gosh? <laughs> this is so fabulous. Yeah. Oh, and and how dare you ask why there's a bar in the in the basement yeah, of yeah, a house no near kidding. campus? No kidding. <laughs> I should know better. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so a lot of this too ties into UW Oshkosh. So we we utilize our resources at the Small Business Development Center. Um, I don't know if you know Clean Merrill, but she was uh, running the SBDC there for while when we were um i think i had graduated by the time we really started talking to her but she was the one that really like set us on the path of how to actually open a business not just a brewery but any business in general and uh she had just mama merrill i mean to this day she was kind of the the, the reason we were ever even open but um i'm jumping all over the place here i don't oh, know this is uh, to me this is linear okay yeah. like i'm feeling this yeah so um basically she was like, you guys obviously need a business plan if this is something you want to turn into a professional career. 
Um, you know, I'm going to give you all the opportunity in the world I can to, to get this beer out to people and get feedback and all that kind of stuff. So we ended up, one of my, or one of Zach's roommates at the time was going for a business degree and he had like a, a textbook basically that had a um, sample business plan in it. And we literally just took that thing and every time we were brewing a batch of beer, we'd just be like, one of us would be doing whatever the brewing need to get done and um, the other one would just be sitting at the, the bar in the basement um, with a notepad or a laptop or something and we're just, you know, filling out sections of this business plan. So that probably took, you know, three months or so to really hammer out some idea. And, you know, remind you at the time, I'm, we're 23, 24, you know, big dreams, you know, making beer for a living kind of thing. And uh, so we took that back to clean. She said, okay, this is, you know, let me look at this. I'll read through it, kind of give you the feedback. She told us what needed to get changed. We made those corrections, kind of polish it up. Um, and she was the first one that ever introduced us then to a uh, banker here in town. Um, Kurt was still our banker to this day over at uh, West Point bank but so he was actually the one that kind of you know she's like you obviously need money to do this and we're like well yeah obviously so she introduced to him he basically was the one that gave us the outline of like well here's you know figure out how much you need i'm going to need you know literally itemize every possible thing you're going to need to run this brewery from you know the, the equipment the ingredients to the you know what's the energy cost how much water are you going to be using a month i mean just all that kind of stuff breaking it down what are the bar stools cost for your bar what is the you know what are the taps what's that tap system look like or the coolers Ooh. i mean like literally everything everything so we just said by the end of this i mean this is probably then a one and a half you know two year process or whatever we're just building all this and at the same time um you know as we're figuring out the money thing we obviously need investors, so then we're putting out feelers at the homebrew club and friends and family and trying to meet people. We called that our blind date phase. We were, like, really literally just meeting people. We were still working at Dublin's at the time, meeting people at Dublin's, you know, like, here's our business plan. Here's what we're thinking. Here's some sample beer. What do you think? You know, like, you in for 10 grand kind of, <laughs> kind of thing? And, um, you know, it, it just we were so naive at the time, but you kind of need that, you know, if you're going to be diving headfirst into something like this. And... Um, we found just a, a really good group of people um, that probably took, again, like 18 months to really find a, a group of investors. Um, we had one gentleman who uh, kind of stepped up as our third partner from the beginning. He, um, Maurice Berglund, he, he was the one that facilitated in, in the end of the, at the end of the day, that facilitated the purchase of the property and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was just a lot of, uh, we ended up doing a uh, business accelerator program with the SBDC. Um, that one was huge because we had to actually, one of our tasks was in that cohort was we had to go get as much feedback from people within our industry as we could. And for us, that meant literally roaming up and down Main Street, talking to every bartender, beer purchaser, bar owner, restaurateur. Um, I mean, we were, you know, if we could talk to the people at Festival Foods, you know, running the liquor department, we were literally just talking to people saying, you know, asking questions about how do you like to run your beer purchasing? How do you run your bar, your taps? Um, is craft beer something that you see growing? Is, you know, then we'd give them samples and ask for feedback on the beers. Is this something you'd be willing to put on your taps? I mean, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think we had 150 interviews done with all this, you know, feedback. And so we were able to apply that to a lot of the, the business plan updates and things. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, kind of snowballed and eventually you know, we dug ourselves into this hole where, all right, we kind of have to do this now. And, uh, you know, looking for properties, that was a whole thing too, working with, you know, it was my first ever experience and Zach's too, working with realtors and things like that. And again, you know, imagine 
two 26 year old, 25 year old guys, you know, <laughs> meeting these people, you know, when we show up, you know, like, who are, who are these kids, you know, like, <laughs> trying to look at commercial properties, you know, like, and a lot of like, Oh, is your dad doing? And we're like, no, it's us, you know, like it's our thing or whatever. And, um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we really had to know what we were talking about when this was all said and done in order for any bus or anybody to really take you seriously. Yes. And commit, you know, financial risk and time risk and all sorts of stuff. Um, to commit that to us. So, you know, we had to make sure all of our T's were crossed and I's dotted and all that. And, uh, happened about 2015. Um, this was, I believe right after, or no, it was before Buckstaff had been brought down. If you remember the Buckstaff property where yes. the, the arena is now. So that had not been taken down yet, but there was a property there on the corner of 10th and South main. Um, it had been vacant for, I think, four years when we were looking at it, but it had previously been Canteen Vending Services. Yep, it was Canteen. I yep. remember that. So, um, and actually prior to this, I should say, I should go back, because we had looked at a different, I mean, just to show how, like, much time and effort went into this, like, we had spent about a year um, on a different property on the corner of 7th and Oregon, the northwest corner there. Um, really cool old building. It was, like, built in, like, 1856 or something. Like, there's still, like, the cornerstone on it that has the date and everything, and but it needed a ton of work. I mean, there's a bunch of storefronts down below. Um, there's apartments up top. And it was just one of those things at the end of the day, we spent a ton of time, a bunch of money to like, you know, just trying to figure out if this was going to be feasible for us or not. And it wasn't, you know, we just couldn't come to a deal with the, the owner, really nice people, but it was just like, you know, it just wasn't going to work out for what we needed. It was too expensive on our end. Um, you know, the, the stuff we were gonna have to do to actually hook up what new water lines, electricity, all that just wasn't going to be uh, worth it at the time. Um, so we kind of had to walk away from that, which was tough. You know, it's like one of those things just learn again, like things I never would have expected to learn. I, I graduated with a biology degree. I assumed I was gonna be working for the DNR or something. Right. Uh, you know, so here I am, you know, <laughs> saying no to purchasing these buildings or whatever. And, uh, so then we ended up finding the, the canteen building. And when we walked in there, it was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is, this is beautiful. We're on main street. We can say we're on main street, you know, which is something that I love, um, just as a concept, but also physically where we're at is great. And, um, you know, there was things in it infrastructurally that were already in place that we were going to need, like um, sloped floors and drains. We did have to, do, have to do some new water lines, things like that. I mean, it was a pretty big project in general. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up purchasing that building um, without financing, though, to actually build it out. But at the time, we didn't want to lose out on the property. You know, that the Sawdust District had already been sort of announced as a, a thing that was happening in the city. Right. And um, there's a, there was a ton of studies too. And this is another one of those things we were bringing to investors and, you know, people, when we found this property, especially it's like, listen, like there are literally studies out there done on um, like the, you know, the, the positive impacts that these types of businesses could have on underdeveloped parts of cities, like and specifically breweries. That was like a thing that people were looking at. Um, and so we bought that property just with the idea that, Hey, you know, a, it's a it's a property in an upcoming side of town that if if this brewery thing ends up falling through, you know there's still this building that's going to gain in value as that side of town becomes more and more prominent. And if we do, you know, if this if this all works out, we have a great spot in a you know in a part of town that we are excited about seeing grow and want to be a part of that from the ground floor. Um, and so we spent about a year. This is the worst year of all of them. So once we had that property, you know we're upkeeping it mowing the lawn all that kind of stuff not we you know without actually using it and uh 
not doing any demolition or, I mean, it needed a bunch of work still. And we're like, we could start doing this. It's like, well, I would rather not, you know, unless we know we're going to be able to actually follow through on this. And I, I want to say we had talked to probably between 18 and 25 different banks at that point. I mean, like literally just from Green Bay to, you know, Fond du Lac, I mean, we were hitting everybody, just trying to bring in the business plan, pitching our thing, you know, trying to get this, this chunk of money that we were going to need this loan to, to get this brewery started. You know, we had a property that was part of the down payment. I mean, you know, there's all this stuff in place and we just could not find a bank to work with us. And, uh, literally it was like the most frustrating thing. I was living with my mom at the time up in Nina. And there was one, at one point that I had, I was County road a, I was halfway to Oshkosh. You know, we had this big meeting. I was all in my you know, suit and tie or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're like, good again. We're like 26. You know, it's yeah. like, all right, we got at least got to look good if we're going to do this stuff. And that, well, there's something to that. Man. Yeah, for sure. You know, showing we're prepared and taking it seriously. And, um, I get a call. I'm like halfway down County road a and Zach's like, listen, she called me and just, she told us not even to come. Like it's just the most defeating thing. And I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to turn around and go home. And I guess, you know, it's <laughs> like, we, we don't even get this meeting. Like, okay. All right. And so this is one of those times, you know, we called Colleen or, uh, our business advisor, Mama Merrill, you know, we're like, Hey, we just need some moral support. You know, we went to her office kind of just, you know, she just saw how defeated we were. She's like, you guys listen, like, it, you know, there's something we're going to figure it out. There's something out there we're going to be able to do. And, uh, maybe a couple days later, she, she goes, Hey, why don't you go talk to Kurt again? And, um, the, the original, you know, the, that first banker that we met with and we're like, all right, all right. You know, we're going to go show him what we have. And, um, there's a few things in place. Go EDC was actually getting, formed at this time too so we had been in talks with them a little bit trying to find some money and um we went there and there was essentially we had applied for some go edc financing and kurt's like listen if this works he's like i think i think we'd be able to do this for you and also he's like you know that this was also during the the time that the herd and that arena whole thing was happening and when you know the city was vying for all that and um he's like you know (laughs) He goes, I think, give it a couple of weeks. <laughs> he goes, I think there's some things happening that might make this a little bit easier <laughs> for you. And uh, it was like, sure, sure enough, you know, two weeks later, they announced the herd within days. He's like, yeah, we're all right. We got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, he's like, he just, I think he saw, you know, what was happening down there. He's like, if, if, if that arena goes in, it's a lot easier for me to go to my, you know, the president of the bank and convince yeah, yeah. the board and all that. And um, it worked out really well. So that kind of just all happened at the same time. And, you know, that South oh. district, I think was able to, you know, so, see two businesses moving at once. And, so that's love for the herd. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. That arena is, I mean, really we've, and you know, we've been a sponsor there too, since they've opened, I mean, we have a very beneficial um, kind of mutualistic relationship. You know, we, we see huge, you know, boosts in, in business and stuff on the, the days that the herd plays or if there's concerts and things like that. So yeah, because there's a line at your <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because parking's a nightmare. And <laughs> me me and my friend are in that line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but yeah, so I mean that's kind of the there's obviously a million more, you know, parts of that story. I'm sure more will come up too as we're kind of talking, but um That's a journey. Of, yeah, it is. It, it's tough to to even tell that story because there's and a lot of so many things were happening at the same time too, you know, whether it was doing build out and construction. I mean, we, we really bootstrapped that building too. Once we got the financing approved and everything, it was like, all right, to, let's get to work, you know? And, um, you know, we, Zach and I were still working jobs, you know, we still needed to pay our bills and things like that. So it was I, at the time, you know, I was, I was bartending up at Lion's Tail cause I was still living with my mom and Nina. So I was like a short drive to work. And, um, Alex up there was really cool about, you know, get me in he knew it out you know what we were doing too so he's like oh yeah for sure he's like you know beer he's like absolutely come down you know he bartend all day like that that's great um 
you know, so it, it's just a fun community to the brewing community too. It's, it's cool in that way. But, but yeah, so there was, there's just so much stuff happening during that whole process. <laughs> I hung on every word. <laughs> like I was along for that journey. Yeah. Um, I hear that. Like I know a couple of people who, you know, they've, they've tried to start their businesses and it's always like this push pull with the banks. Yeah. Can they, can they believe in it? Um, can they see the vision? And it's like, how does anything new ever kick off? Because I feel like banks, like new stuff ain't banks thing. No. And you know, I could say a million things about that too. There's, um, I think the more people we have, okay, what I'm going to say here is, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, like you, you see things in town here, like all being, there's a, a few people that are doing a lot of things here, you know? And yes. And I wholeheartedly support that because without those kinds of people, things wouldn't happen here, you know? But I, I think the opportunity for small businesses and new entrepreneurs to get in, it's, it's a really high, high wall right. to climb. Right. Um, you know, and I give a lot of credit to like, to, again, to like UW Oshkosh and small business development center and places like that, that are, you know, willing to put people out there and give them a platform to be able to actually communicate this stuff and get ideas out into the world. And, um, at least, you know, opportunities to, you know, get some, we did a lot of like ele- elevator pitch stuff, you know, trying to get some financing. I mean, just things like that. I mean, just having those opportunities was huge for us. Do you think your age was one of the things that really gave people pause? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my mom at the time, <laughs> um, she's like, are you, are you just guys just doing this? Cause you want to drink beer all the time all day? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> like, no, you know, and now looking it's like, I'm sick of beer sometimes, you know, like it, it's not, you know, um, I will say, don't make your hobby your job. <laughs> That's a good way to ruin your hobby. But you know, I love, I love, I love what I do. Right. I, I absolutely, absolutely love what I do. But you know, there's truth in that. You know, it's running a business isn't just making beer. You know, I think that's another thing too. A lot of people don't understand. You know, that there is all the accounting and stuff. And you know, thankfully, so Zach and I have this really good partnership in where he's. Um, so he went to UW Oshkosh too, but he never graduated. He's got his financial, his uh, culinary apprenticeship from Fox Valley Tech. Um, so that's kind of where his kitchen background came from. And then when we started working on this business plan and everything, he goes, well, I might as well start taking some classes at UWO. And, um, so he took like all of his real hard, like accounting stuff. He's like, I'm like, he literally tells professors, like, here's what I'm trying to do. Or like his advisor, you know, like, here's what I'm trying to do. Like what classes should I take to, you know, I may not even graduate. I just need some of these skills, you know, cause it's going to help me in what I'm actually trying to do. Right. Um, so like he took all his like, you know, small business management, entrepreneurship, um, you know, just all that kind of stuff to just try and dial in as much as he can on that end. And, um, I'm more of the, you know, I, I do the label design, you know, <laughs> we're doing a lot of the brewing, um, you know, the recipe development and that kind of stuff, you know, like we're both doing a lot of that, um, you know, just the, up until very recently, like doing a lot of the social media and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's more of the creative side of things and he's more of the hard numbers and inventory management and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a good partnership in that way. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, we were again, yeah, you're right. We were 24, you know, 25 when we were talking to, to, you know, trying to get investors, talking to banks and, you know, six years of adult life experience isn't, isn't much, you know, I'm, I'm not an old guy or anything, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm super wise or anything, but you know, I, looking back on it even though it's like oh little baby you know hey well, you gained some wisdom through the process yeah, absolutely though. absolutely well, yeah that's you know 
can't be understated how much we learned or overstated how much we learned in that process of actually just trying to get the business open. And the funniest part about that, you know, is by the end of it, it's like, we did it, you know, and then you have this business to run. <laughs> it's like, you haven't done anything yet. You know, like you still yeah. have to build this business now and, and make it run. And, you know, there's now, now the hard work really starts, you know? So it's like, um, uh, is that the dog that catches the bumper of the car? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't know what to do with it once he gets it, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. So yeah, it, there was a lot of learning curves and there still is, you know, to this day, it's, it, you know, neither of us have ever opened and ran a brewery before. This is still our first time, you know? So it's, it's still a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of growth, things like that, that we're learning. So. All right. Once again, <laughs> I appreciate that. No, that, that's good. And, um, that was the journey. I think I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to speak for Kosh listeners, but it was the journey I wanted to go on. I wanted to understand that because, yeah. um, how do you go from the phase of like what I would assume is like brewing, something in your garage in your basement and mm-hmm. your wherever and then one day you have a building and you're you're cranking out really good beer right yeah, yeah. And, you know and <clears throat> at the end of the day that's the important part too is the, the beer's got to be good you know and if well you're... that's number <laughs> so, one right yeah exactly <laughs> you know that's number one it's a, it's kind of like uh you know when i was looking into podcasting and the f- you know you look for the nugget the nugget that they tell you and the nugget was no matter what equipment you buy and all the other stuff, it must sound good. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Literally, if it doesn't sound good, no matter what your content is, how good it is, right. no one's listening. Yeah. So you got to start at base one. Right. It quality. must quality. It must sound good. <laughs> you know, good, decent microphones. You don't have to have the best and something decent to record with. And right. Like I never forgot that. Cause that's step one. The rest you can, yeah, it'll, it'll fall into place. Yeah, it'll got, fall into place. You got the it, right framework. But the rest, if you if I went in a different direction and it didn't at least sound good, yeah, yeah you're not getting anybody <laughs> listening that way. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, um, Ian, I think you win for the um, the longest <laughs> beginning before we kick into any segments. Yeah, that was the truncated one, too. We have to do long form another time here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You get two episodes. There we go. You know, you, we're, we're going to come back Revisit. to that. All right. So we're going to jump into segment one. Segment one is called uh, What in the World is Going On With? That's where you start with the phrase, what in the world, and then you tell us what's on your mind. Well, I just want to know what in the world is going on with aliens in the news. Oh, bruh. Facts. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it's just one of those things, I think, that just started popping up a couple years ago, and all of a sudden, um, you know, as a man who finds himself grounded in science and logic, I'd, why would there not be aliens out there, but why are we just finding this out now, you know, and I don't know if you're familiar with any of the news coming out about this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the CIA is releasing all sorts of stuff. And, and uh, yeah, no, first of all, I, I'm a firm believer, yeah, we've known, we've yeah. known for a long time. Right. Um, if you've been in the military in any kind of way, I think you know no. Yeah. Like just certain things about how the military <laughs> works sure. and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there's no surprises going on for us. No. No, but I, like, when, when's the big reveal? <laughs> you know, like there's got to be something. Um, I think they've been revealing to us the whole time. Okay. All right. It's a it's a drip, drip. Yeah. Drip, drip. Right, because like there's no denial. No, 
too much at once might blow our minds too much. That's it. Yeah. Like you don't want to send you don't want to send society into a full blown panic. Sure. Like and change is hard. So yeah. think about this: the idea of us living with another um, life force that is on the same level, if not or more intelligent than us, but better technology. Like that would blow is, us up. Is it wrong for me to think we need that? <laughs> Uh, something to shake us up a little bit something here. to shake us <laughs> yeah. up something to ground us but i don't think that's where we would go that's fair you know i think we would go to defensive posture right yeah we always want to be the most powerful yeah right and so when we don't feel like we are we do things to make sure that we feel like we are yeah even though we fair. still may not be maintaining at least maintaining the information yeah something know, yeah and so um that's where that's where I just think it like we weren't ready to receive it. Otherwise, the other thing that I, you know, uh, float this. And now we sound like a bunch of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if it was one of those things where the technology we found from from whatever, mm -hmm. right? We didn't want to share that with the world or our enemies. Yeah. And so we we drip it out. Sure. We drip it out. Yeah, you, that's again, that's the back to that defensive mode, right? It's yeah. it's keeping it for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I A also think that if there are otherworldly beings here, what does that even mean? There's in this idea in biology where um you know, kind of evolving towards more and more complex complexity, right? Where what if we evolve past physicality, right? Right, where our consciousness becomes what our living selves. Yeah, I'm with that. I, you know, that reminds me of that movie. You know, there was that movie that came out multiple years ago. And it's been a while now, where the guy was having a relationship with AI. Oh yeah, um, she, her. Her. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but I did watch it and it was fascinating and it made me think of stuff like that. Yeah. But here's my thing. The reason I know we're not ready for like new life forms. Mm -hmm. We can't even get along with each other. Yeah, that's uh, that, <laughs> there lies the problem, right? Right. Like <laughs> we're all the same. Well, not all the same. Not I'm not talking culturally, but we're human right. beings in the human race. We mm -hmm. can't. We can't so play we, nice in the sandbox. We together. haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, no. right. Let alone adding a whole nother group. That, yeah, add a whole nother group in there, yeah. and then you know, that's that's, that's wild. Fair stuff. enough. Fair enough. All right, I love that. <laughs> yeah, another one we could talk for hours on. Honestly, hey, no, to get you, weird. You aren't kidding. weird. Is it really weird? <laughs> I don't think it's weird. Okay, my what in the world is going on with is. What in the world is going on with Jimmy Buckets? Jimmy Butler in the cash, kicking it. Oh. Now, if y'all don't know who Jimmy Butler is, he is the superstar of the Miami Heat. He is also a Marquette grad. And Jimmy Buckets was sitting here this week just casually sitting in a herd game. So I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday who I'm, in all honesty, I'm not the biggest sports fan. I'm not a big sports guy, but... Um, I get it. I get the excitement. And, I, and and this is one of those things, going back to that herd arena, where else are you going to be able to see the likes of Jimmy Buckets or Giannis or, you know, all these people 
in literally, you know, Gosh. you could yell at him, say, Hey, you know, exactly. You know, you're, you're that close to him and it's just a, what a cool thing we have going here, you know, that kind of it was level of talent, you know, it is. And you know what? You are so right. Like the arena, we don't give it enough credit and we're constantly, I feel like we're constantly critical of it. Uh, I'm not because I'm, I'm grateful that we have it because it did add something to the cash that we didn't have before, Absolutely. which is being, you know, uh, the cash before we had a, a reputation of bars and churches. <clears throat> and I did say it in the correct order. <laughs> yeah. And now, now it's bars, churches in the arena. So. In the air. Well, but the arena just gave you something else to do yeah. that was different. Yeah. You know, like getting, yeah. and it's affordable. Well, um, that's the big thing, especially with the herd. I mean, it's it's affordable family entertainment, and those games are fun, right? They're like it's, super fun, you know. Regardless of level of talent or whatever, and I mean, some of the some of those guys are great, but it is just one of those like, you know, it's something to get out of the house absolutely. and do. You know what I call it? I call it the high school game for adults. There you go. Because if you have lived in Ashkosh for any amount of time or in the Fox Cities region for any amount of time, you can go to that game. You're going to see at least 10 people you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And your kids can, you can let them run loose. Mm -hmm. They're safe. They're going to run around. Right. Yeah. You're going to get entertained loud. by the, the game. You're going to get to see your friends and family members and say hello and catch up. Like, yeah. it's just. I will say, too, we, um, we've, we've gotten a ton of people into the tap room um, from as far as Chicago for these games, but specifically people in Milwaukee in the Milwaukee suburbs. So they go, this is so much cheaper than the bucks games and it's easier to get in and out of. It's not a whole, you know, park in your car and walk in, you know, a mile and a half or whatever. It, it's just easy in and out. And it's really not that far from Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had, we've seen a ton of people at, in the tap room and stopping, but just in general, it's bringing people from outside of the city, which I always love, you know, the more people we can get exposed to Oshkosh and the cool things we do here. That's facts. So that's facts. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, your tappers are the ones that uh, me and a uh, big shout out to my man, Chris Tarman, uh, are the ones we tend to go visit. <laughs> shout out to Chris. Oh, yeah. We got some of, we got some of his bags boards that are. Oh, yeah. Some custom sets for us. That's right. Chris, we're going to have to get more from you, Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Cornhole by Tarman. <laughs> that's right. Cornhole by Tarman. Big shout out. Um, so, yeah, that's where, where we. Uh, we tend to go I love that. and try some things. And yeah. I'm not a beer guy, okay. but at Herd Games, I'm a beer guy. Yeah, and we got variety. We have a lot of beers that don't quite taste like beers. No, there's just one that um, was had a chai thing going on. Yeah, downtown and commute. That was the one. Another awesome Oshkosh collaboration. Yes. Was, was uh, Planet Perk, the arena and us did that for... I actually used so that was a fun I did the label design that was fun I, I took uh actually went and took a picture of the arena and made like a um like a shadow what do they call that silhouette of it and so we had like silhouettes of our building silhouette of the planet perk building and silhouette of the the arena all around the bottom of the can it was a really cool label oh that's sweet yeah yeah no that that one was that's out of all the ones I've tried yeah. and and I try most of them except for I don't do like IPA sure. stuff um that one was my favorite. I love that. Yeah. Don't worry. Can't um, go wrong with chai. I'm going to have full transparency. Uh, Kosh <laughs> listeners, I'm totally ang angling for the Kosh beer by the end of this episode. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about it already. So All right. We'll figure it out. And we're going to figure this out. Okay. Back to Jimmy Bucket. Yeah. <laughs> my man. Here in the Kosh. And here's the great thing about it. So 
where I got my seats, I see this figure just, you know, sashaying across the court. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute now. That looks like Jimmy Butler. And so I turned to my my partners in crime because we've got season tickets in a sure. row. Right? And I go, hey, who's tonight's team? Uh, who's their feeder team? Oh, this is for Miami. I was like, there's Jimmy Buckets. And they were like, who? Huh? And I was like, no, that, seriously. And what was even better is then this kid who was sitting in front of us totally turns around and says, yeah, that's totally Jimmy Butler, man. I already went and checked it out. And I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> Only in the but here was the cool thing. Why are we so cool in the cash? Like we we act like we've been there before. Yes. Okay, this is what I heard because whoever was telling me this yesterday, like no one was even like rushing him, asking him for autographs. Nothing. Or they totally. Yeah. We all knew who. Like he we was. know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just Jimmy. <laughs> Basically, why do we do yeah. that? That is exactly what the cash yeah. does. Yeah. Just, we just don't. We're too humble. Don't want to be annoying. I don't know. <laughs> And you know, no, I could totally hear somebody from the college saying, "Why well, he puts his pants on like I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, um, while they drink a beer, and and that is totally <laughs> how we act. Well, but it's cool though. Like we are super respectful. The kids even were pretty respectful right. for the most part, and he was super nice from what well, I could see. Good. Like he wasn't tripping or anything like yeah. that and that was super nice and i heard that he actually um uh, stopped in at um um oh, i should totally know it barbecue place yeah parker johns parker johns yep. and that's I, right. and i heard he broke bread there so that's pretty oh, sweet it's good yeah good food over there well he did he did a full cash circuit yeah get the tour right yeah <laughs> so you got to yeah, it ain't like he doesn't know Wisconsin he knows Wisconsin right so all right Next segment. Next segment is called 21 Questions. This is where um, it is not 21 questions, but we have some, what I'm going to call some uh, more in-depth questions um, to help us understand each other. I, I What I want to do is I, wanna, I think a collection of people answering these types of questions is going to be super insightful um, for maybe a, a, a collection of wisdom in the yeah. long run. All right. So you ready? Let's do it. All right. First question. What are you grateful for? Well, um, this is going to go back to my work life, but um, I'm really grateful for the people that allow us to do what we do and support us in what we do. Um, You know, what we opened as just a business or brewery has brought joy that we didn't realize was going to, has brought joy to people that we didn't realize in ways that we didn't really realize was going to happen. Um, it just, uh, it's a meeting place. You know, we know people that have had first dates there. I've had friends get engaged there. I've had, you know, we've had weddings at the brewery. We've had birthday parties. I mean, it, we're just, the, the fact that we get to help people create memories that they really get to enjoy and cherish is something that I really am very grateful for. And the fact that I get to wake up and go do that every day is something that um, I'm super grateful for. I know not everybody is loves their job, and I'm very thankful that I get to love my job. Mm, that's deep. What motivates you? I'm excited about this one. Um, okay, so curiosity, transformation, aha moments, and finished products. And I'll tell you what that means. So um, this kind of goes into like my hobbies and things. I, I really love, well, just everything I do in life. The curiosity to learn. Um, as I mentioned earlier to you, it's like I listen to podcasts all day at work. And, it's, you know, 
it's it's not like I don't like uh, true crime. I don't. That's not my thing. I like history podcasts. I like um, ones where I just get to learn about people. The Jordan Harbinger show is one that I enjoy. I don't know if you're familiar at all, but just like he interviews just people from all walks of life and they just tell their stories and um, that kind of stuff. Just curiosity motivates me. Just getting out there and learning about stuff. Like I'm, I'm very motivated to you know pick things up and look at them and take them apart and figure out how they work. Um, and I'm going to tie this into beer again. So curiosity of beer, just learning how to make a certain style or what it, you know, the process, learning the process to me was such a, a cool thing. I was just curious about it, you know, before, you know, I remember a moment when I realized I was drinking beer and had no idea where it came from. And, you know, I think that might've been the, the path in which led us down all this, but, you know, learning how things are made. Um, and then this transformation, you know, for fermentation is one that is kind of, part of my life in a very specific way, but the transformation of a product into another thing and, you know, what it gives off when it does that and what it takes in when it does that. And I think people are the same way, you know, um, you know, just changing and constantly learning and transforming and applying what you learn and giving up what you learn to be not true and things like that. Um, and then aha moments, you know, when you finally realize that you did it and you, Oh, that worked. You know, we, we made beer. I remember the first time we did that, you know, I was like, it, look at that. It's beer now, you know, like, aha, we did it. You I was going to say, was there a parting of the clouds? Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, metaphorically, yes. And physically, or, you know, literally maybe who knows, but, um, <laughs> and then the finished product, same thing, you know, the hot sauce I brought today, one of those things, curiosity. I love growing plants. I love gardening. It's one of those things I love doing and just out of curiosity to see how it works and what works good and what doesn't. And, you know, then you get that transformation from seed to plant to pepper and then, you know, from pepper to hot sauce and aha, look at, I made it and it worked and it tastes good. And then you have a jar of hot sauce and there's your finished product. And how cool is that? You know, the motivation of seeing something through in that way and, 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 you know, becoming curious about something, applying the knowledge you already know while learning something new about it and, and seeing it change and seeing it become, and then having it there in the finished product is what really gets me moving what grounds you uh my wife number one um and my house number two and uh my hobbies like i mentioned gardening is one um i uh, am a big mycology fan so i grow oyster mushrooms and lion's mane and um, reishi mushrooms chestnut mushrooms things like that oh for real lion's mane yeah yes yeah so that's something that i can uh i've dove pretty head first into it actually i got like a whole flow hood i got like a lab basically. Um, so I mean that, you know, something I could, it's a hobby that I love. I could just kind of zone out and do and you know, put some music on and really enjoy. Um, and again, one of those transformation things, you know, from starting with something and ending up with something different, um, cooking. And then, uh, my family's got some land up in near Manawa and my, one of my favorite things to do is since I've been a like small child is just walking through those woods. And I think that's another reason I really love gardening and nature and biology. Um, it's just being out in nature. And so foraging kind of comes in with that. I'm forage when I can for mushrooms and, you know, plants and fruits, things like that. So connecting with nature and the earth, <laughs> whatever that means. What does success look like to you? Um, for me, it really is the, the feeling of being fulfilled and feeling like you've accomplished something and whether, whatever that means to you. Cause I think that means something different for everybody. Um, like I'm not a very financially driven person, but it's knowing that, um, you know, we could see something through and, um, 
you know, accomplish something that you kind of set out to accomplish. What irritates you? Oh, um, closed mindedness. Here's what I have specifically written because, uh, closed mindedness and an unwillingness to put oneself in uncomfortable positions and places, um, for the sake of better understanding a person, place or thing. I'm not, I am, find being uncomfortable an important thing in life. I think you should be willing and able to put yourself in uncomfortable positions, um, in order to see other people's points of views or other, um, it's part of that history thing. I always like thinking about what it was like living in old times, but not just like one specific thing, but like daily routine. What did it look like when you woke up? You know what I mean? Like how, and I imagine now that would be very uncomfortable for us living in the 1800s, you know, but what an interesting point of view to learn about and how differently you'd see the world in that way. Or even nowadays, you know, like, um, you know, waking up, I had the, I had the opportunity to go to Fiji um, this past February um, and spent 12 days there. Um, my mom's married to a Fijian guy. And so his family's still there and everything. So we got to really experience true Fiji. You know, it wasn't, we did stay at some resorts and things, but it was for the first half of the trip we were at, um, you know, like seeing how people really live in Fiji, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And it, it, there's no AC there's, you know, it, it's just such an interesting perspective shift and, um, kind of just understanding, you know, yeah, we were sweaty and uncomfortable a lot of it, but you know, that's just, it was, and I'm not saying just physically uncomfortable, you know, but putting yourself in weird different mindsets and trying to understand different people point, people's point of views can make you feel uncomfortable. But, you know, that trip specifically kind of just showed me like, yeah, look at this is people's lives. You know, this is like, you know, I think of my daily routine and how comfortable I am in that. And, you know, it's the same for everybody everywhere. You know, you live your life. But I think until you kind of put yourself in those positions, it's really hard to understand what that even means to other people. What you're talking about is just growth. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah, un- like an unwillingness, an unwillingness to grow. That's my pet peeve. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, and I get that. Just people being set in their ways. What scares you? Um, climate change is the big one. I've uh, have my biology degree. I think to thank for that. I took a lot of classes in that way, and um, I think it's one of those things that when people who spend their lives studying that kind of stuff tell you something, you should listen to them. We don't really get to be choosy about what we get to believe I don't think because there are facts there are factual facts in the world and um, I think Mm -hmm. ignoring those doesn't do anybody any good so that's one that scares me and also what that means for like our children's children down the line and what that world's gonna look like for them Um, I mean I even think uh, the one that I see specifically in my day-to-day and I think that if people think about it more they would start seeing it too is um, the loss of biodiversity we have. I think about how many bugs were around. Or this is one actually, like, literally, think about driving your car 20 years ago and how many bugs you'd have on your windshield and on the grill of your car, right? Like, mm-hmm. that was just a thing you would deal with. And it was, people had, you know, shields on the front of their bug, you know, it was like leather, whatever, on the front of their car to kind of keep it. All right. Next summer, go out and look at your car, the front of your car after taking a road trip. No bugs. And I, that is specifically a climate based thing, right? Like that's an, not specifically climate, but an environmental sort of thing. I mean, that's through use of pesticides and uh, monoculture farming and things like that. You know, we're, we're losing, it's not just the rainforest being burned down, you know, and, and losing habitat. It's literally, it's turning swaths of natural prairies into cornfields and soybean fields and um, unsustainable things like that. I think that 
terrifies me. We need bugs. We do need bugs. I, you know, it's the the smaller you get, the more of them you need. You know, it's the base of the of a lot of food chains and things like that. And um, I think we're so separated from, especially our food systems, that we don't really you know, know where that what that looks like. You know, because it's it's just we can still go. You know, there may be not as many bugs. I can still go to the grocery store and buy a chicken or pound of beef or you know some carrots or whatever. Like that hasn't changed, but you know. Who knows? That may change in the future, you know? I think you're right. I think that is scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going to talk right. about being comfortable, you know? You are ready to be uncomfortable. You we, go to the grocery store and there's no food to buy, you know? That's one of those things. Once like, you once you go down a certain path, there's no turning back. Right, right. I like your term, facts, facts. Yeah. things like, Versus alternative facts. Well, that's the thing. Like, there are truths in the world. You know what I mean? Like, whether you believe it or not, there are things that are true, and I don't, yeah, so. No, I'm with you. What recharges your soul? I was thinking about this hard. Um, so when I was going to answer this, one, I was going to be like, you know, it's meditate. No, but I, really just hanging out with my friends, like close friends, um, and just like spending time being able to sort of zone out and not be thinking about, you know, work or what I got to do tomorrow or, you know, the issues of the world or whatever. I'm just time where we can just spend just being goofy and, you know, not reliving high school days, but kind of getting back in that same mindset where it's just funny and goofy and we're being stupid and idiots and, you know, enjoying each other's company. Telling North Scott stories. Yeah, North Scott stories. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shout out to those roommates. Um, how do you define love? For me, it is a... Um, the ability to, well, it's being willing to love uncon or to to care and be kind. What did I have here? Um, unwavering support, honesty, and kindness. But it has to be in all directions. I think that's how I would define it. It's uh, but I mean, you know, well, like when I, th you know, as you know, it's like love's different for everybody. But I think like. And it's different for me with different people. You know what I mean? I, I, the love I have for my wife is different than the love I have for my siblings or my sister, you know, or my parents or whatever. But, um, I, you know, it's hard to define, isn't it? It's a, it's a tough one, but I asked because there's not a correct answer. Right. But it's, it's nice to understand how different people approach it. Yeah. I will say that. For me, it's the it's the feeling of, like, I think no matter how hard Alicia tried to, it would try to embarrass me. I don't think I could, like, she couldn't do anything that I would be embarrassed by, right? Like, that feels like love, <laughs> you know, to a certain extent. Um, you know, or there's just nothing she could say to me that would be, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Unwavering support, <laughs> kindness, and love, or and and uh, you know, just understanding. That's fair. Yeah, that's super fair. Um, I do want to just make sure that we send a shout out to your wife because she is Leash. a Dakash, yeah, alumni. Episode one hundred and one. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. Well, she's yeah, she's not too not too long ago. No, but, I was just uh, looking yesterday. It was. Five or six back, I think. Yeah. And um, that was a pretty powerful episode. Yeah. She went in. Yeah. So. She's a great lady. So check that out. Check that out. Okay. Word 
Association. That's the next segment. Um, this is where I say a word and you tell us what comes to your mind. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Food. Authenticity. And this is just a personal thing of mine. I, um, You know, like when you travel, I'm, I'm kind of a foodie in this way where I, I want to get as authentic of the experience as I can. Or if I'm making food, I want to make it as authentic as I can, which is the most annoying thing when you come home at 630 on a Tuesday night and you're trying to make dinner. And I'm over here, you know, it's like, we'll eat at nine because I'm making mole sauce from scratch. It's one of those kind of things. I, I have to, I want it to be as authentic as I can, or I try and seek out as authentic um, food as I can. Mm. Yes. Do you have a, what, since you've been a cook. Yeah. You've been a cook in town, so you're legit, legit. Um, <laughs> is legit, but. <laughs> no, no, you get, you get, look, things are only real if you say it twice. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> legit legit um is there a place in town that you feel does the best authentic anything um well yes there's a couple for sure like manila is great authentic philippine food right like that they do it well and i think that surprises people sometimes you know like they go there thinking expecting a sushi restaurant or something and that's not what that is like they have sushi there but um, you know, I think they really excel in their like authentic Filipino dishes, you know, their fried pork belly, things like that. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, authenticity can be, you know, like Pete's garage bar That's the most authentic cheeseburger you can have anywhere, right? Like just bar food, you know, the most authentic bar food you can expect. And I, oh. I love, I love that for I, that. I do feel like Pete's garage is kind of at the top of the food chain on bar food. Yeah. Well, right. You know, and th that's what I'm saying. It's the most authentic bar food you can find around here. You know, and even, um, we've got a lot of really great Mexican restaurants around here. And I think mm. if they have like lengua or whatever, you know, like cow tongue, or if they got tripe on the menu, you know, like that's authentic to me. And I love that. And that's what I'm eating because, you know, I, I think that's, if that's what they're eating, you know, at home, that's what I want to be eating. Facts. I'm going to give a shout out to Cozumel because yeah. I, it's been a minute since, <laughs> you know, our place. Now, it, now, this isn't because of authenticity. This was just because of affordability and reliability. <laughs> Durango's used to be the spot. Oh, yeah. Love Durango's. Like, we went to Durango's, like, for everything. It yeah. didn't make a difference. If we were on that side of town, it was kind of like, hey, let's just stop in right. and have some Durango's, right? And there was a dude in there named Raul. Now, we went to Durango's so much with that. Durang uh, Raul would see us in the parking lot. You have your, your order ready? It, it was, it was, it started. <laughs> That's the best. It started That's there. The Basically, we walked in. It was like the usual. Yeah, yeah. it's the usual. <laughs> all of you? Yes, it's all the usual. Timber's back. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not, it wasn't just me. Like, he had my wife's yeah, order yeah. down and my daughter's order down. Like, Raul That's was the great. man. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fabulous. Yeah. And we would just sit there and eat those chips and salsa. And there's a happiness. So, now you've brought this up. So, now I've got to bring it up. <laughs> My what in the world is going on with initially was going to be what in the world is going on with Mexican restaurants and the music and you can't help but to be happy while you're there. Mm -hmm. You just cannot help mm -hmm. it. Like I listen to the music. I know nothing of what they're saying. Right. But the vibe says. I am very happy to be here. This food is fantastic. Thank you for these free chips yeah. and salsa. And yes, bring me another margarita. One, yeah, one more margarita. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just saying. Man, there's just something to that. Okay. Sorry. No, it's, 
Listen, I actually did have another what in the world before I came here too. Um, what was yours? What in the world is with Andre 3000's new flute album? Have you heard it? Yes. Oh my god, it's incredible. Okay. Yes. That. And, hey, look. No, we can talk about <laughs> that. This. Was that was my other one? But <laughs> I, I opened that up and I'm like, oh, eight songs. All right, they're each twelve minutes long. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're we're doing some fluting today. It, it, you know how how cool is Andre 3000? He's the coolest guy. Like, dude, I, like, I, one day I want to aspire to be Timber 3000. Because that's just. I love that. Because <laughs> I, he's my favorite. T3K. He, yes. He's my favorite rapper. And if you really go back and listen to, like, I think great rap, great, mm-hmm. great artists, great lyricists in mm-hmm. particular, not just rappers, right? Lyricists. Um their lyrics span the test of time. And if you go back and most people don't even think about this, but outcast is old. Yeah. Like outcast is like 25 years plus old. Yeah. So when you go back and you listen to, um, like the Equimini album mm-hmm. or, or elevators or, or any of that old outcast, like it's fire. Yeah. Yeah. Fire. I, was, I saw an interview with him about, um, he was, he was talking about this, how that's why I even learned about the album, but he was talking about, he's like, you know, he's like, I get samples all the time. He's like, rappers are sending me beats, like all this stuff. He's like, I just can't. He's like, I try. It's not like I don't want to rap anymore or make a rap album. He's like, it's just not, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to feel it. And I don't know if you saw the name of the first song on that. Yes. album. <laughs> it's like the funny, it was, it was like, I wanted to make a rap album, but this is the way the wind blew. It's like, yeah, man, more respect for that than anything, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if that's what you're feeling, you know, making, making art, not just for the sake of making it, but making it because you're feeling it, you know? Yes. Like, how hard is it to go from something where everybody in the world, because you're one of the greatest, you're right. one of the greatest of all times, and everybody is waiting for you to make this comeback, and you come back and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, nah, I'm yeah. good. I'm I'm gonna go over here and right. You know what? It, it'd be like, uh, like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All of a sudden, being like, "Yeah, I'm I'm done quarterbacking. Like, I'm totally into pickleball." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he and he goes to the gonna, Olympics or something. Right. Before, you know? I'm just gonna pickleball. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm I'm loving pickleball. Right. right now. Yeah. Like, well, could happen. Don't count it out. Facts. <laughs> Cocktail or beer? Beer. Fifth word. I have to. Um, we do, we make a large variety of beers. I'm at the point now where I have favorite styles, and they've changed throughout the years, and I'm like, it's like a loop. You know, you go through this, like, really sick of drinking fruit beers. Okay, well, I'm going to start drinking IPAs. And it's like, oh, I can't drink any more IPAs. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of feeling those dark beers. Uh, dark beers are getting a little heavy for me. I'm going to the Pilsners now, you know. I'm, I'm in that stage right now. I'm in, like, lager stage. So that's where I'm – that's my routine these days is drinking the lagers. Yeah. So you just – do you filter out of the – kind of do – filter in and out of different kind of beers? Yeah, and I wish I could say it's, like, a seasonal thing, but I'll be drinking, like, 10% Imperial Stouts right in the – dead heat of summer you know or fruity wheat beers in december there's no rhyme or reason for me it's just sort of whatever my body's telling me yeah that's <laughs> that's fair all right okay then let me just ask this then i was gonna move on to the next one but i gotta ask what is your favorite fifth ward beer and then what is your favorite beer not made by fifth ward oh um this is gonna be Okay, right now, my favorite Fifth Ward beer is our Munich Dunkel. It's a German-style dark lager. It's just 
which is like one of my favorite styles in general, just like these like really well-made German beers because um, they just taste different than everything else, but they're still like very beer flavored, if that makes any sense. Um, so that would be my favorite Fifth Ward one at the moment, at least. Uh, but outside of this, this is going to be a little underwhelming. Miller High Life, baby. <laughs> the champagne of beers. <laughs> no! Yes! No, and I don't say no as if that's a bad thing. I say no like that is so cool because you yeah. know what? That is my go-to. Yeah, it's it's a good beer. It's a delicious it's, beer. <laughs> it is the champagne of beer. Exactly. You know, and there's said. Yeah, that's that is all you've got to ever say. Right. You know what's awesome is you can walk into the play any place. Yeah. At least in Wisconsin and say, hey, champagne of beers and Yeah. We've uh we recently started playing dart ball Friday nights, which is another <sighs> Very Oshkosh wait, church. Wait. Not at bar. the not in the basement of the church. Oh, we're up on the second floor of um what's that one on the corner there of twelfth and Oregon? It's the the Lord's or Lourdes like middle school oh. grade school one. Either way, we're up on every Friday night, we're up on the second floor gym there throwing darts at a at a baseball dartboard. Now you know I've done this. Yeah, have you? Man, I am Kosh. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, should, uh, I look you 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 I should are, have known. There's only le- there's levels to this cash thing, yeah. and dart ball is one of them. Yeah, you it's, can it's tr- a deep level, that's for sure. <laughs> there, there's, uh, yeah, that's not a first boss level. That's like yeah. boss eighth or ninth. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're not the final stage. We're getting close. Yeah, we're getting closer. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, right, we drink a lot of high lifes playing dart ball. That's where I was. Oh, faction. So. Yes. Yes. Dart ball is a good man. That's been years. Um, concert. Okay, so um, I've always been a hip-hop fan since high school. I bought a, it was probably sophomore year, I got a Warp Tour 2005 or something um, cl- compilation album, and it had an Atmosphere song. I don't know if you're familiar with Atmosphere from Minneapolis. It had an Atmosphere song on it, and I didn't listen to the other 30 songs on that album. It was the only one I really cared about. Um, kind of sent me down this path of just hip-hop, and specifically the Minnesota kind of Minneapolis, St. Paul scene, um, big like Rhyme Sayers fan, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I was 19, I was going to school here, um, and was working at Dublin's, and a friend of mine, not that I did just, he, I met him through the kitchen there, he, he got hired just for like a week to help fill in, um, and he, I was about 10 years older than I was, but he, so he's been, he grew up in Oshkosh, but he was friends. We actually have some really great local rap here. Um, if you're familiar with Daryl Pounds at all. Most so. definitely. Shout out. Derek. Love that guy. I played dartball with him on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's levels to this yeah. Kosh thing. So, so I, I got to see a Daryl Pound show, but at the time also it was a, so Chad is the, my friend's name. He goes, hey, you should really come to the show to me, with me tonight. He's like, I'll sneak you into the Reptile Palace down on High Street. I'm like, Ooh. all right. I was like, cool. So he he brings me down there, and it was this rapper by the name of Prof was the headliner. He, he's out of Minneapolis as well. Um, and it just changed my life. Like, not even kidding. Just the whole live hip-hop experience to me was everything I've ever wanted in a concert and more. It was the most energetic just the vibe that I wanted. And, uh, so I got to meet that whole crew, like the, like got to meet Derek. I got to, you know, Chad and his buddies or whatever. I kind of got into that. And so from that point on, it was like, Chad, sneak me into these shows <laughs> as much as you can. And then when I finally did turn 21 and was able to go to this stuff, you know, 
it just was, I was hooked. Um, and that kind of just every, I've seen prof now specifically probably 13 or 14 times just at, you know, every venue, every one of them in Madison, as many of them in Milwaukee as I can name, you know, Summerfest every year he was there. Um, and just that kind of stuff. I, I just love live hip hop. Man. Shout out to the reptile. Shout out to the reptiles. You know, <laughs> hidden gem. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but that's it, one of the hidden the, gems. For oh, sure. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I love about reptile? What's that? They don't care who you are. No, seriously. Like, I've been in reptile literally in three piece suits. I swear. Yeah. And like sitting next to said other person, that's yeah. other person. I can't even tell you like with uh, a spike metalhead punk mm -hmm. or, or whatever, right? And you know what? You got the emo kids. You got the right. <laughs> you know no what? one cares. No, like, it's, it's just a good time. Like reptile is the like if you want to know what equality looks like, yes. it looks like reptile. Exactly. <laughs> a lot back to this. There's a lot of people that would go in there and feel uncomfortable, and you know what? Don't you gotta. How to learn from those experiences, you How? know, get to meet your friends, get to meet your neighbors. Right. Exactly. Like I, all you got to do is just sit in there long enough and somebody's going to talk to you. Right. And they're not talking to you like other bars you go to. They talk to you because they're trying to figure out why are you there or mm -hmm. that? Like, they're not really that worried no, about care. it there. No, they, they <laughs> don't care at all. They're just talking yeah. to you because you're you're literally there, yeah. and they just they're there for the same reason they are is because they found themselves in the reptile palace, you know, like facts, facts, <laughs> reptile, big, yeah, big shout out to the reptile palace. Ah, that just brings me happiness. All right, um, shop local. Yeah, this is honestly back to this whole. Um, I this is sort of a theme of this podcast. I feel like we've had today, but uh, I got friends supporting friends and neighbors supporting neighbors. I think that. Uh, my line of work, I've had the opportunity again back to that experience of going up and down Main Street, meeting every bar owner, bar tender, bar whatever restaurant owner we could meet. Um, gave us the opportunity to literally meet these people, right? And these are all local business owners. They're all our neighbors. You know, a lot of them now are my friends. It's one of these things that I love being able to go and support these local businesses because I know this. My dollars are going back into the uh, you know my the pockets of my neighbors and my friends and. Um, and it's all, you know, then they're coming and spending it at my place. They're spending other places, friends and family, you know, friends or, uh, neighbors, whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah, shop local. Cause you're, cause if you do, you're supporting your neighbors and friends. I don't know. It's that simple. Facts. Mm. Community. Community. So, um, I think that. Just get involved. That's kind of my association with it. And I think that is whatever it means to you. Um, and the example I have is, you know, as big or as small, you know, whether that's opening up a business here in town or just supporting a business in town, that's part of supporting community. Um, getting up and just going to the farmer's market, you know, I think is a huge support because if you didn't do that, if everybody decided in the morning they weren't going to get up and go to the farmer's market, there would be no farmer's market and our community would be worse off for it, you know? So I think just immersing yourself in local businesses, you know, conversing with your neighbors, conversing with your friends, you know, um, just involving yourself with local clubs, you know, back to the, the, you know, society Oshkosh Brewers, same thing. That's a great little community of home brewers and they're more than welcome. You could walk in. I mean, Timber, you want to come to an SOB meeting? I'll bring you in. You meet the home brewers, kind of get to, you know, see what they do at 
That's it. That's that, that's what community is to me. Is just getting involved, and because if you don't, there is no community. Yeah, and don't thread me with good time. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Because that answer <laughs> is the third Wednesday at it's seven called, p.m. at the it's brewery. Called yes, <laughs> yes. Timber will come meet those those chemists yeah, that right. I would like to refer to them as. That is fabulous. You know what? This that is a great running theme through this particular episode. Yeah. Yes. Um which this is only going to help more. (laughs) So our next segment is called Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to tell us about a hidden gem uh, in the community. It could be something everybody knows about, but maybe they don't know this particular thing, or maybe it's something, maybe it's not that well known yet. Yeah, I think, so I got two um, for sure, maybe three, for sure two. Um, This opened up last year. This is going to be a a south side plug here is... um, the uh, sometimes at Pioneer Island is a small tiki bar. If you're familiar or not, but it, they just opened last year. Um, they're finally starting to do some cool things over on Pioneer Island, and I think that's long overdue. I know it's a big property to use, but I'm excited to see things just changing a little bit. Honestly, just a little tiki bar. There's no uh, indoor plumbing or anything. You got to use the porta potties they have there. But come next summer, it's it's going to be just a cool spot to hang. Um, really nice patio area and it's just it's a fun spot so that really great views of the lake it's right next to the marina and stuff it's just really neat and then one of my favorite things to do in town is the beer hall on thursday nights at gibson social club fantastic job they always got some really fun music it's like polka or german or whatever have you um, Will, my favorite bartender in Ooh, town, is down there big shout out to yeah. will, you big will, will. On, did you know oh yeah, yeah, yeah most so, definitely will we actually um we have a, every year, we just had our sixth anniversary at the brewery two, three weekends ago, and um, two weekends ago, and so Will's a big barley wine guy, and if barley wine, for those who don't know, is this is massive beer, it's anywhere between, let's say, nine, and um, we've had some up to 16% alcohol, um, really, really thick, malty, just delicious beers, and typically aged in bourbon barrels, like barrels that have had bourbon in them for years and years. And, uh, again, Will loves these beers. He's actually part of a group on Facebook called Barley Wine is Life. Um, there's a weird community, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, beer's a weird thing, but, um, we, uh, we've had, so every year we do these barrel aged beers that we release or whatever. And we're, we're just brewing these throughout the year and we're, we're putting these beers into barrels with the intent that like, that's part of the ingredient. We're actually, these beers aren't very good when they're prior to spending time in a barrel like they're real thick real sweet and and spending that time in a barrel um kind of just it adds layers of complexity it adds like a bourbon character you get a lot of like vanilla notes chocolate coconut things like that out of the wood actually um and we had will come in a couple years ago and help us develop the first blend of big willy style barley wine which is sort of taken on a life of its own thing here now and um so this is the third year we did big willy style this year's blend was two barrels that were 30 months old and one barrel that was 33 months old. That barrel was older than COVID. <laughs> so, um, but so Will, shout out to Will. He's, he's one of our favorite beer consumers. <laughs> so let me, uh, let me give a super big shout out to Will, but let me give you the Will story yeah. of his episode. So, you know, you, you know how we do this. You, yeah. you come in early on a Saturday morning and, and for Kosh listeners who don't understand when I say early, I mean, 9 a.m. So like it's, it's <laughs> legit. Pants, right? <laughs> yeah, it's legit, legit. It's early for a Saturday, right? Yeah. Will shows up. And Will's got a four pack of Big Will style. <laughs> really? Yes. No lie. <laughs> He's got a four pack. Yeah. 
comes in. He's Will. He's Will, right? Gives me one. Sets the others in front of him. Cracks one open right away. And guess what? We we cranked out an amazing episode. That is the legend known as Will. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) He loves barley wine. I respect that so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was... that, That there told me... And when when uh, when that happened, you know what I said? I need to hang out with this gentleman more. <laughs> yeah, right. He's mm. a good time. Yeah, yeah. We had the opportunity. Him and um, Abby brought us down to a beer release in Chicago once, a couple of years back, and it was, it was it was a good time. But I think he won't be doing. He won't be bringing us again. It was <laughs> by the end of it, we're like, thanks for driving, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? We're gonna take a we're gonna take a small commercial break right now. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children here. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back. And we are on to what has become my favorite favorite segment here on the cash uh and it is called story time and story time is just an opportunity for our guests to tell us a story it can be about absolutely anything and doesn't relate to anything in specific it is just us and the power of narrative yeah so this kind of goes back to uh some of the earlier days of our our brewing experience and trying to build this business or start the business to begin with. And um, it's got some UW Oshkosh tie-ins, which I really love. So our, our business advisor, Colleen, who I've mentioned several times now, she, um, she literally, she's like, I just want to do everything I can to support you guys getting this, this brewery open. And so when we were doing our business accelerator program, um, you know, we were, again, we were still home brewing. We had a bunch of beer, a bunch of different styles. And we just handed out samples to everybody. We'd, able to who's willing to take a bottle from us kind of thing and she goes you know we have this staff party thing happening in a couple weeks she's like do you guys want to serve beer there we're like yeah for sure that'd be great like you know just assuming that she would you know talk to the people and we were going to be the beverage people you know there's gonna be some beer sampling going on so we had gotten i think four or five different varieties you know we'd brewed throughout the weeks or whatever and made sure we had enough beer it's probably six cases or eight cases or I mean it was it was quite a bit of beer it was way more than we were going to need for this event and you know at the time I know Oshkosh was you know UW Oshkosh kind of has always had that reputation of being a sloshkosh the party town and you know we had, <laughs> and uh, and and I know that they were you know trying to lose that as much as they could and and understandable I get that you know parents don't want you know be thinking their kids are going to the party school and uh so they're always kind of weird about the the beer thing, you know, like just on campus. And uh, so this this party happens this day. It's like literally just like the business department or something is having like a holiday party kind of thing. And Clean goes, okay, yeah, just come like in. She's like, I'll open the door for you. Like meet me by this back door and I'll open the door. 
I'm like, okay. So we get in and she, she opens or she propped it open or something like the door was open. And, so, but it was just Zach and I, and you know, we had a dolly full of beer and I had, you know, a tub with some ice and glasses and all this kind of stuff. And we walk in and immediately, I'm not even kidding, like five seconds walking in, some professors walk in my shoes. Uh, what, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? We're like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're here for the party. We're serving beer. She goes, just wait, wait right here. We're like, all right. <laughs> like, and she just disappeared. And like, she didn't come back for like five minutes. So we're like, whatever. So we, we kept going, you know, we get on the elevator or whatever. We get up to the next floor, get off the elevator. We're trying to find the room. Not even kidding. What are you guys doing? What is this? Some other professor. I'm like, what? we're serving beer at the, at the party. And she's like, hold on right here. And finally she goes, goes out and like gets, you know, goes to this party thing or whatever. And clean was nowhere to be found. So again, we're like waiting for permission to even bring this beer into the facility or whatever. And, you know, it was just one of those, like, we were looking out of place. She's like, no way are you guys supposed to be here with all this beer? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, we're supposed to, (laughs) we're here. We're serving beer for the party. And, uh, finally, you know, we're texting clean. We're trying to get a hold of her. Like, you need to come find us. Like they're not letting it. They're, these professors are not going to let us in with all this beer. She comes and finds us. She goes, oh, no, 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 they're serving for the party. She, so we had to get escorted up to the place, you know, via teacher or whatever, and set up this table. And uh, even then, you know, we're serving beer through for maybe two hours during this party. And even then, professors come up like, how in the world did you get this up here? Like, we're like, we thought we were invited. We thought we were on the list, right? Like, we thought we were part of this party, but no. This was like guerrilla beer serving, getting feedback. And, of course, Clean's like, you're taking notes, right? You're asking for feedback. You're getting people to, like, sign these sheets or whatever. So we were, like, you know, getting, like, literally people coming up, not even believing this was, like, a legal thing to be doing. And by the end of it, you know, they're tasting the beer. Like, oh, we love this. This is great. You know, like, yeah, I'll fill out your your little questionnaire. Sure. You know, but it was just one of those, like, what, what are we doing here? You know, like, is this what, what is this what opening a brewery is supposed to be like? You know, we're like sneaking beer into the into into the into Sage, you know, the business building, like trying to take the back elevator so we're not, you know, su- rising any suspicions or anything like that. Um, it's just funny, you know, the the things we went through in order to actually get to where we are. <laughs> you know what I love about this? You basically got profiled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You totally got profiled. Yeah. You got profiled. Well, you couldn't just walk in. I get it, you know, and it's the thing though, it was like and under no I imagine those professors like there's no reason there would ever be students, right? Like with a dolly with a eight cases of beer coming into the business department on like a you know, Wednesday afternoon. They're like, What are you guys doing? Like like we're playing some prank or something, you know, oh, yeah. like gonna try and go get drunk in the in the you know the business building or something there's nothing good that could be yeah exactly like there's no reason for this to be happening this is hilarious (laughs) you could have probably walked in with like a hundred other different things right that are way crazier than beer yeah but fine and it would have been fine nobody would have said anything they would have just let you go on and move no alcohol though yeah (laughs) just not beer right (laughs) So whatever. Some of them love that we were there at the end of the day, you know, like, oh, this was great. <laughs> Let's well, do this again next year for the Christmas party, you know? Well, well that ten- that I do think that tends to happen when there is libations involved right, in yeah, beer. Yeah. yeah, people's <laughs> tunes change pretty quick. <laughs> Facts. Facts. That is a sweet story. Thank you. Okay. Now it is time.
That's right. Every single time. I love it. It is time for the topic of the week. And the topic of the week is chosen by our guest 99.9% of the time. And this week will be no different. So, Ian, what do you have for us? The topic of the week is work-life balance and burnout culture. Bruh. Let's go. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that um, I've found uh it's become close to my heart i think um in there's a a tendency especially in the entrepreneurial community to to grind as hard as you can to you know try and build your your business and build your um your empire per se but at what cost i think you know and at the end of the day um you need to be healthy and happy in order to enjoy the things that you've built and if you can't do that there isn't a lot of reason to be doing any of it i think facts yeah that's something that i mean when we first opened the brewery I and mean, we were literally it was me and zach and um, we had one other bartender that was with us from the beginning and he i mean literally we were making the beer we were bartending we were doing the you know again zach's doing the accounting or doing all the social media it, it would literally be wake up at 9 a.m or you know wake up at 8 get to work by 9 and we're brewing in the morning till 3 p.m you know and then Meanwhile, someone's cleaning the tap room and getting that open, and then we bartend till ten or midnight, you know, depending on the day or whatever. And so it really was. It, it you know, we would we're putting in eighty, ninety hours for those first couple of years, and that really drives. Um, you can do that for a while and not realize how exhausted you are until you hit the wall, and and that is a real struggle when you do that. All right, I agree. So, what? When did you hit your wall? That's, well, that's, I did, that's really what I want to ask. Yeah. I, I, there was another question I wanted to ask, but I think that's the real question. Like, what made you, because I think sometimes when you're living through that, you don't even realize because you don't even have time to think. Right. It makes me think of the old Jesse Ventura from Predator quote, I ain't got time to bleed. Well, yeah. you know what? I ain't well, got time to be tired. Right. And so um, I will say that at one point it was affecting uh, a the relationship I was in, you know, and that I think was probably the big, um, the girl I was seeing at the time, her and I broke up. This was, I don't know what year, but I mean, it was just one of those things where I was working so much. Um, it was just clearly becoming a hindrance to my relationships with family and friends and loved ones. And, and, and then, uh, I think the breakup kind of shook me out of something and was like, you know, you got to relook at what you're doing here. And, you know, if, if you don't feel happy, doing what you're doing it makes it really hard to do any of it and you know so I wanted to be happy doing that and um you know I've definitely learned a lot about myself over the past five six years you know too and just and understanding that like what does burnout feel like because I'm you know I think that feels different for everybody everybody hits it at different times but it's understanding the signs and understanding what your triggers are and that kind of stuff and really kind of knowing when you're hitting that level and being able to then walk away and say okay I just got to step away for a bit and remove myself and um you know as, as a 26 year old when we first opened, you know, to, I'd like, I, like I said at the beginning of this, you know, like I'm not saying I'm a super wise old man or anything, but I've learned a lot in the past five years or six years or whatever. And, um, just about myself and about, you know, I've grown tremendously as a person in, in that time and learned about what, um, I value, you know, and, and kind of what that means to me and, um, you know, I, what makes me happy. I don't know. What does that self-care look like now? Um, it kind of goes back to that whole grounding stuff. It's really just spending time doing the things that 
I enjoy and I can sort of zone out and get my head into a different space. Um, whether that is like a meditative sort of mindset or, you know, spending time with family and friends, it's more or less just being able to remove myself from the daily work routine and completely not be thinking about it, you know, cause I want to be able to, when I'm there to be able to focus 100%. And I think if I'm always at 75%, 24 hours a day, I'm not putting my best in, in any portion of my life then, you know, I want to be the best person I can be at home. I don't want to get home and just be exhausted and go to bed and then wake up and do it again every day either. You know, that's not a happy home balance. I love my home. I love my wife. I love spending time with her. I love spending time with my friends, you know, and, and um, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that you have to be very deliberate and, you know, um, with how you spend your time and, you know, just seems like you get less and less of it as you get older, you know, like the days just go faster and faster and just kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, you know, there's only, you got a finite time here. What are you going to do with it? You know, it's true though. Um, they say as you get older, because you know, when you're young, there looks like there's an infinite amount of time ahead of yeah. you. Right. But as you get older and you realize then everything feels like it's moving much faster because you right. feel like you're getting closer to an end. Yeah, and um, speaking of other podcasts, uh, there was one I just recently listened to, um, Radio Lab, one of my favorites. But they were talking about like that, like how you can dilate time yourself, and, and um, novelty was one of the things they were saying, right? Where if you fill your day with just new things that you've never done, like you know, you think about like when you go on vacation, and um, you can have like the longest day ever on vacation if you're traveling and seeing all this stuff and you know, like the days feel long. Whereas, you know, if it's a day where you just wake up, brush your teeth, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed. I mean that those days fly by, right? Cause there's nothing that's really breaking them up or making them unique or um, you know, interesting in any way. So it's trying to fill your days too, with just interesting experiences and new experiences and making yourself uncomfortable in certain instances, you know, and then trying to just doing new things. And um, so trying to incorporate as much of that, you know, as well. Do you have any guidance or wisdom for people who might be experiencing this? Yeah. And I, you know, the thing is too, is I, for me, it's one of those things where if you walk away, it's going to be there when you come back. You know what I mean? I, I think that um, a lot of people too tend to put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I think people just need to be more kind to themselves and understand that we all have limits and that it's okay to, be done, you know, with the, it's okay to just to put the, the pencil down and walk away. You know, you don't have to keep going if you feel like you're going to not be able to, or if, if you, you know, um, I think too, it's, you know, taking, taking stock of the things in your life and, and, and figuring out what you value most and, and then putting effort towards that stuff is kind of what's helped me most, you know, and instead of, um, like what, obviously, you know, there's things that need to be done that I don't want to do, you know, but like, that's everything. Everybody has that, obviously, um, whether it's work or life or whatever. Um, I don't want to go fill my car up with gas, you know what I mean? It's like that kind of <laughs> stuff, but you got to do it. But, um, but you know, like just, just, yeah. Being present and aware with yourself and understanding where your limits are and then, and being okay with those limits too. You know, I know a lot of people that'll just keep pushing themselves past that and it's for the sake of, of getting things done or working and whatever. And it, you know, you gotta, you gotta know where your limits are and respect those facts. I I do think you can, you can go too far. Yeah. And it doesn't just affect you. Right. Exactly. And I, that's the hard part too. I, you know, I, cause 
it's easy to justify, you know, working 18 hours a day or whatever, you know, like if you feel like you got to do it, but you know, you're not, we're all part of a network, you know, we're not just individual lips on the screen here it's like we all work together whether that's at home or at work or whatever you know and if you're not if you're not up to your 100 percent, you know you're bringing everybody else down at the end of the day too yeah we're all connected right okay is there any other things any last things you'd like to say about the topic just respect yourself you know i think at the end of the day that's really it just respect yourself and your your boundaries and your limits you know whatever that means for you facts all right it's that time all right cash listeners it's that time where we start winding down the episode thank you thank you thank you thank you for spending time with us thank you for giving us your minds and ears thank you for getting to know another amazing person in our community um once again we are a work in progress um and you know the Kosh is your show. So if you would like to be a guest on The Kosh, or if you would like to recommend a guest for The Kosh, or if you would like to tell us how we can be a better The Kosh, um, please, please, please don't hesitate and reach out to us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Um, also, Help the Kosh um, get in the ears and on the eyes of more people. Uh, we think we have something very, very special going on here at the Kosh. And uh, I think more community members would really appreciate these conversations that we're having uh, with, with all the people across our community. Um, and the way we do that is through improved analytics. What that means is I need you to take the time right now and hit the subscribe button. Uh, I also, if you've got a little bit of time, say a few words and, and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the cash, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, just let us know. And these are things that improve our analytics and improved analytics puts us on more searches and in front of more faces. Um, and we think that would be very, very awesome. And then lastly, um, Kosh listeners, if you're interested in Kosh t-shirts, don't hesitate. Let me know so I can get a batch made. Uh, it's the season. It's the season of giving. And you already know what I'm going to say. There's nothing that says local like a, the Kosh t-shirt. Facts. Okay. Now, on to the real business at hand. It is shout out time. Ian, what do you got? Uh, well, I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing today if it wasn't for UW Oshkosh and the Small Business Development Center. And also shout out to Christine Ganner at the UW uh, Alumni Association because she's the coolest lady. Facts. Um, also, Amy at Visit Oshkosh is one of my favorite human beings in the world. Facts. And also my wife, Alicia, because I love her. Hey, now you know what? Out of that list, there's two Kosh alumni. Yeah. There's that. Amy's episode is amazing. She's like the coolest lady, honestly. isn't she? Yeah, she's so much fun to work with. Like, she's the greatest, and she's everywhere. Yeah, it, like it's everywhere. scary. Like, and everybody knows her, right? She's got that thing that Hermione's got in Harry Potter, whatever, where she splits her time. You know, what I'm talking about <laughs> facts. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, 
let me see here. I got, and I got, I got a nice little list of shout outs here. Uh, I want to send a shout out to uh, Sarah over at uh, Valley Transit. Uh, glad to see you're feeling better. Uh, I want to send a shout out to Tammy at uh, the Fox Cities Foundation. Um, Tammy is there, is amazing. Um, that's what I'm going to say. I did an episode with her for Appleton Engaged and uh, just a fantastic person. I, I always tell her that I know I'm in the right place when I see you there. <laughs> There's something about that. You know, when you, yeah. you see certain people in certain spaces and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to be in this space. She's one of them. Um, want to send a shout out to my man, John Nance. Uh, John who, Nance. Yes, he's coming to actually be the photographer at our Thanksgiving dinner. He does dinner. great work. He did a... Um, he took some pictures of my, my sister knows them really well, but he did some pictures like family photos for us yeah. on film, which, like the weird glass plates, which was wild. Yeah. Well, he's coming tomorrow to Thanksgiving dinner I to do that. family photos with us. So he's going to break bread with us and he's staying. Tell him I say hi. For sure. I, I definitely will. That dude is cool. He's super cool. All right. Uh, I want to send a shout out to everyone who had to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like seriously, like that is no joke. That's hard. Essential, essential workers essential workers like for real for real that is so hard i understand i feel you um and just want to say we appreciate you uh, i want to send a shout out to wisconsin policy forum um we you know i get to finally say that i am part of an award-winning podcast Woo! i know right i don't i wish i had the Oh, I don't know. I don't have a wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there we go. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, the salute to local government awards and uh, from the Appleton Engage podcast, we won the uh, Advancement of Racial Equity Award. That's awesome. Uh, it is. It is. Um, it's a lot of work we have put in over time, but really, Appleton Engage would not exist without the cash. The cash is where we've learned it all from, and. Uh, how we understand how to do the things we're doing. Yeah. So, and if you didn't know, yes, uh, there's two podcasts out there with uh, this dude named Timber on them. <laughs> um, check that one out to Appleton Engaged. All right, uh, I want to send a shout out to yet to Diablo Tacos. Okay, first of all, I love these taco trucks at the arena right now. If you didn't know and you haven't gone to a herd game yet. Right now, there are taco trucks outside of the arena before the game, and Diablo Taco's truck is there, and Diablo's taco truck is fire. If you don't know, let me tell you, you better ask somebody. That's what I'm going to tell you. So big shout out to them. Diablo Taco Truck is also doing my 50th birthday party. I love that. Mm. You don't look a day over 38. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Shoot. I would have took 39. <laughs> <laughs> And then, last but not least, I want to send a very special shout-out to every person out here loading these trucks and delivering in these trucks during this holiday season. That work is hard. I have one of those workers in my household that I love with all my heart. And um, that work is is grueling is hard you have no thankless. idea it is thankless you have no idea that all that amazon button pressing that you're yeah. doing sends people out to work uh eight hour 10 hour 12 hour 14 hour days delivering those packages so you can be your family can be happy at the holiday season that just takes some time be kind be kind yeah to them when you see them absolutely facts okay now 
We are in the Ian, we're in the last part of the show. Yeah. All right. And the last part of the show is this. You get three choices. Choice number one, you get to share some words of wisdom with the Kosh listeners. Okay. Choice number two, you get to tell us what would yourself today tell your thirteen year old self? Oh. <laughs> 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 and then option three. Option three is both. Because you got to have an all of the above. Okay. All right. Well, I don't, I don't know if I have much to say to my 13-year-old self. It's going to be fine, is what I would say. Um, <laughs> my words to wisdom, though. I, I think just be kind, be curious, be thoughtful, and say hello. Facts. That works. All right. What'd you think? It was a blast. I'm looking forward to the the follow up. (laughs) Facts. (laughs) It's the cash. (laughs) 